Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, good to be back. Boys are here, ready to go. Nice little break. Well-deserved, but ready to go. I'm not sure where we're going, but we're going. A lot of things to talk about today. Some of the things that happened while we were on break. I want to thank those who uh, filled in while we were gone. Thank you for your contributions. It's a Monday, best and worst of the weekend, as we always do. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like, your opportunity to be part of the program in a variety of ways. We say good morning to those who are watching on YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Of course, Chat Row and uh, those listening on our great radio affiliates, numbering 362 around the country. After all these years, the Washington Redskins will finally change their name. It is supposed to happen at some point today. Public pressure and strong columns from the media had little impact on owner Daniel Snyder throughout the years. I mean, he has been steadfast in not changing the name, but now financial pressure, and that's always the game changer. That took just days to sway him. When FedEx says that we're going to stop sponsoring the uh, stadium name, they threatened to pull out, Snyder gave in. And now they're reportedly picking that new name. And there are those that are going to argue about tradition and growing up with that team name. And there's no doubt that Redskins is hurtful to some people. So what's the point? Team names aren't sacred. Sometimes they're cool. Sometimes they're silly. To quote a movie you might remember that I was in, Basketball, the Minneapolis Lakers moved to Los Angeles where there are no lakes, and the New Orleans Jazz moved to Salt Lake City where there's no jazz. (laughs) Washington fans are going to survive, though. You'll move on, get a new nickname. You know what would really help the Redskins? How about you win some games there? That would help. That would make people happy. We did check in with the league because I wanted to know what role owners play in approving a nickname or the commissioner. This is what I got from the league office today. The owners won't be voting on this. The league works with a club on the legal and creative design processes. And we have this uh, on a reliable source of what is going on right now. There's mock-ups with a variety of possible nicknames for the Redskins. So you have all the marketing people with Washington and digital people, and they're doing mock-ups right now of what something is going to look like. And this isn't something you do overnight. This is something that usually takes months and months to be able to actually roll this out. But you're going to be presented with a a variety of names, and you've seen some of the names leak out. Somebody even had the silly suggestion of the Washington Generals, which, you know, that's the standard bearer for ineptitude. Maybe it's appropriate that the Redskins go to the Generals, but then... Are we going to then go, well, wait, what generals are we talking about here? You're going to go down this rabbit hole. They're talking about Washington Warriors. 
Okay, some people are going to have problems with that. Remember Marquette was the Marquette Warriors? They got rid of that. So is the name okay or not okay? And then Golden State, they're the Warriors, but if Washington has the Warriors, but then people have a problem with the Warriors, then does Golden State have to change their name? Because they were the Philadelphia Warriors. So this is where we're headed. And we're going to get a new name. Uh, I think Red Tails might be the favorite right now in Vegas. Uh, The Washington Presidents, the Washington Lincolns, Washington Veterans, Washington Capitals, Washington Americans, Washington Memorials, uh, Washington Monuments. These are some of the names in Vegas right now. But uh, I think the Red Tails which is a uh, a tip of the cap to uh, the uh, Tuskegee Airmen. And uh, I think they're the favorites. Then the generals. I I don't get generals. If I'm a Redskins fan, I got to change my name. So now we're the laughing stock of, you know, losers. You know, the generals were the team that played the Harlem Globetrotters. Red clots. (laughs) Like, like you're the generals? Similar win-loss records. Yeah, and then the presidents, the Lincolns, the veterans. But it's going to happen. It's going to happen today. At least that's what uh, some of the, the news stories. It's being worked on right now. Uh, here's a statement from uh, the Washington Redskins football team. This is two minutes ago. On July 3rd, we announced the commencement of a thorough review of the team's name. The review has begun in earnest. As part of this process, we want to keep our sponsors, fans, and community apprised of our thinking as we go forward. Today, we are announcing uh, we're retiring the Redskins name and logo upon completion of this review. Dan Snyder, Coach Ron Rivera are working closely to develop a new name and design approach that will enhance the standing of our proud tradition, rich franchise, and inspire our sponsors. <laughs> sponsors goes first before fans and community here. You notice that? Uh, inspire our sponsors, fans, and community for the next 100 years. <laughs> I, have to, I have to applaud the owner. He's honest. This is all about the sponsors here. And look, Daniel Snyder's a businessman. You know, he did something right to make this money to be able to buy this team. He's going to make more money with a new logo. That's why I kept saying he can act like he's going kicking and screaming. Like, this is never going to happen. This will never. And you can put that in large letters, bold letters, never going to happen. Okay, now he's getting pressure. And now he can act like, hey, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to have to do this. And now you bring in all this new merchandise. To me, it's a win-win. I I brought this back to the commissioner, Roger Goodell, that I do think he's starting to look at his legacy. Other than, hey, I made these guys a ton of money. You look at Colin Kaepernick. He's been at the forefront here trying to get him back into the league. Now, under your watch, Washington changing its nickname here. So I think that has a little bit to do with this as well. But you look at the bottom line. When the sponsors start to bail, that's when things happen. And that's what happened here. Daniel Snyder did not have an epiphany. He's not woke. He didn't go, you know what? I'm looking around. Maybe it's time I change this nickname. That wasn't going to happen. You know, I find out with these owners, they're loyal to money. That's it. Among the NFL's current franchises, only six times has any of them changed their nickname. And only one time has it happened in the half century since the merger. And that was the result of a franchise move. So since the end of World War II, the only time a team changed its name without a franchise move was 1963 when the Titans, the Jets changed their name from the Titans to the Jets. Now you had the Tennessee Oilers. They changed their name to the Titans. They kept the Oilers for the first two years after the move from Houston to Nashville. But that's really all we've had. Yeah, Paul. Why would the... New York team changed from Titans to the Jets. Titans is a great name. Was that a sponsorship deal? I'm being, I'm being serious. I, I, I have no idea. What if they got an airline sponsor? I don't know. 
I don't know why they went from Titans to Jets. Titans is a cool name for a New York team. Yeah. It sounds like it. But is it a cool nickname for Nashville with Tennessee Titans? Like, I've never heard you say, boy, the Titans is a cool name for Tennessee. But I but, like Nashville, but I'm anti-literation. You know no, that about me. That's true. <laughs> I like Nashville as a city. Yeah. Yes, McLovin. Yeah, Titans is not, not good. The worst, but the the Bullets, the Washington Bullets, changed their name to the Washington Wizards. It's got to be the worst nickname in sports. Like, ooh, let's get it fired up to go see the Wizards. I mean, come on. Yeah, but they they were uh, they preceded all of the uh, wizardry, wizardry that you love. Oh, Harry Potter. Yes. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. Why there is something about Washington franchises that inspire boredom. I can't put my face. I mean. Well, their teams, well, the, well, the, the Caps are good. I mean, they, they won a Stanley Cup. Right, but they're just never going to be as high profile as like the Red Wings or, and like the Nationals are, the Nationals won the World Series and I don't think the average national fan cares. I mean. And this goes back to, and I've been saying this for years that I got it on, you know, from a good source in the league office that Daniel Snyder wanted to move back into Washington, D.C., which is where the Redskins used to be at RFK. And he was told, if you are thinking about doing that, you must change the name. That was it. There was that was before anything was going to be broached, any possible you know deal to move back into Washington D.C. You had to change the nickname, and here he is talking about moving back into Washington D.C. Maybe you reclaim RFK, you uh, refurbish that, or build a new stadium. But I'd keep an eye on that as well. Yes, Paul. Uh, back in the um, over fifty years ago, maybe fifty-five years ago, club president Sonny Werblin, yeah, changed the name of the New York Titans to the New York Jets because the new home field was going to be between uh, Idlewild Airport and LaGuardia Airport. Mm. That was one of the key decisions in why they changed the name. Okay, I can't find any more reasoning. Okay. By the way, this program is brought to you by Raycon R A Y C O N. You're going to love these uh, wireless earbuds. I got a lot of use out of them on the break. Get 15% off your Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash Patrick. That's buyraycon.com slash Patrick. All right, we got poll question, I'm guessing, McLevin. Yeah, we're going to pick the Washington name. We're going to use the top six mm-hmm. Vegas odds, and they okay. are the Red Tails, as you mentioned, the Generals, the Presidents, the Lincolns, the Veterans, and the Capitals. But you're right, there already is a Capitals. Well, that, but they spell it yeah. differently. Yeah, yeah, Oh, you do that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, right? Yeah, and then coming after that, you have the Americans. Uh, that's a tough one. The Washington Americans. And I don't think we're good on monuments and memorials right now, so that's probably not good. Um, Washington Kings, Washington Roosevelt's, Red Hawks, the Jeffersons, the Renegades, Arlington's. How about the filibusters? It sounds sound like a tough group of guys. Snowflakes is five hundred to one. In case you're wow. wondering, Trump it, Trumps is five hundred to one. I think if there's one thing that we've learned, don't name it after a person. Don't name it after a group of people. Let's just scratch those right off. Yes, McLovin. Well, I was watching the show on Disney Plus the other day, and Kings is inappropriate because the entire point of the American Revolution, led by Alexander Hamilton, about was kings. to take down That's the what king. I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a disappointment I, I, that we're not leading with Alexander Hamilton coming out on Disney Plus. I I gave Seaton an assi- an assignment for his vacation. One thing I just asked for one thing. I said, why don't you watch Hamilton? I just didn't have any time. I'm I know. Sorry. So I I came into today and I go so and Seaton goes so and I go did you watch? He goes I just didn't have time. You know every time that I fired up Apple TV and it was right there staring me in the face, I was like oh yeah next time I want to yeah. go watch these thirty seven other shows. Uh, the Red Tails, <laughs> yeah, the Generals to me that's going to provide a problem there because people are going to go those Union Generals, the Presidents, Lincoln's no, uh, Veterans. How about vets? Washington vets. Now then people think it's veterinarians. and Yes, Paul. I got a couple more. How about the lame ducks? The Washington lame ducks. Mm. You get a nice logo, play the kids. Mm. The muckrakers, kind of like a tough team that's down in the mud. Mm. Political terms. How about hogs? Yeah. Yeah, but then we slaughter hogs. I mean, I, you know, who knows where we're going with any of this stuff. Yes, McLeod. There is a big movement about, around Red Wolves. 
a serious one that isn't on the Vegas odds. Yeah, I didn't see that. Uh, Fred Smoot, I guess, is leading a movement, and Dwayne Haskins likes it, and Kevin Durant likes it. What's I, a Red Wolf? I have no idea. It's an awesome logo, though, but I'm not sure if there is such a thing as a Red Wolf. That could be cool. I'd, I'd like to know what a Red Wolf is. Yeah, like is it a, the genus or the species? <laughs> I don't know if there is such a, an animal. All right, so uh, that's the poll question. We're giving people an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, we'll start with that for hour one. All right. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Once again, best and worst of the weekend, what you saw that you liked, you didn't like. I know I'm the bearer of bad news. I'm Danny Downer, and I guess I'm going to continue to be Danny Downer. I really think that the start of the college football and NFL season are in serious jeopardy. I mean, college football is already making alternative plans. And I go back to a conversation I had with the Pac-12 commissioner. That was back in May. This is May 12th when I had Larry Scott, the uh, Pac-12 commissioner, on. And I broached the topic of, and I have this on great authority, great source on it, said that the Pac-12 was in trouble. There would be, if they play, only conference games. So I'm, I'm telling the commissioner this, and this is how that conversation went. What I was told a couple of weeks ago by a source was that you were going to see football when it does come back, that the conferences are just going to be playing conference games. And it was probably going to be a 10-game schedule. Now, you might get one outlier where Ohio State plays Ohio University or something that's regional there. Uh, how does that jive with what you've been told? Well... I can tell you anyone that's telling you now sitting here in the middle of May what it's going to be and they're giving you the inside scoop isn't a very good source because I'm the one having the conversations with our peer conferences and our presence and we don't know. But has that been happening. discussed just what I told you? Absolutely. That's that's a okay. scenario. If, okay. You know, if we can't play a full season um, and get the full 12 weeks plus the postseason, that would be a natural abbreviated season. Okay. You know, you could move to conference only. For us, that would be nine games. And uh, yes, as you know, as I mentioned, we got multiple scenarios. That's not what we're planning on, but that's always an option. That would that would be the easiest default option, right? That's what you know schools can control. And frankly, that's the priority. I'm our schools like playing each other, but uh, at, you know, at the moment, uh, we're planning on the full season. Hey, once again, my source was correct on this back in May. Now, I know a lot of things have happened, transpired, but this is what was being discussed. And they realized that they were not going to be able to have non-conference games. And, uh, you know, with the commissioner, and, and I think he has the coronavirus. So I hope that uh, the commissioner is, is doing better. But, uh, yeah, th- I had a great source on this telling me that this is what's happening. And plus, understand this. The NCAA doesn't have any jurisdiction. These, these are all the conferences. And as Paulie likes to say, it's like the uh, you know, the uh, five mafia families in New York. There's no one in charge. They're kind of in charge of their own area, uh, their own neighborhoods. And there's no boss of the bosses. And that's what you have going on with college football. Pat Forty is going to join us. And uh, I, I, I do think there'll be other leagues that are going to follow suit with the Ivy League and, and maybe go spring. Um, and remember where you had Philip Fulmer, the athletic director, Tennessee? We're going to have 100,000 fans in there. And I said, I'll take the under. I, don't, I just don't see any of this happening. I, I just don't. I think it's problematic and trying to get kids go on campus. And uh, it's just, I think there's so many different potholes here and i just don't think that they can overcome it just sheer numbers here but uh, i'll talk to pat 40 about this you know and and i'm looking at rutgers you know rutgers has non-conference games that are two in in new jersey and then you have a game against temple in pennsylvania you they're traveling to nebraska but you can't have two games in in your own state and then go to pennsylvania to play temp like it's it just doesn't make any sense. And even with the bubble, man, I, that's as close as we're going to get to being hermetically sealed to be able to pull off the end of a season. Yeah, but isn't the part, of, I completely agree with you about the Rucker schedule, that it's ridiculous. You can't play games in your own state or neighboring state. But does that say more about like the plan is ridiculous or that the conferences are ridiculous? <laughs> the, the conferences are 
the problem. I mean, they really make no sense. No, it doesn't. Hey, you can't stay in state and play somebody, but come on out to Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay. Dan, you're sleeping in the tradition of the Nebraska Rutgers game, and I'm not going <laughs> to handle that on my watch. <laughs> come on, buddy. I know. I know. All right. I'll talk to Pat Forty. Phone calls are welcome. 877 3DP show. Uh, we just got this from uh, Pac 12. Larry Scott is doing well, wants to rest up to make a speedy recovery. Uh, so maybe uh, scheduling meetings for this week. Uh, hope you understand. So that's from the uh, Pac 12 PR department. Yeah. I knew that uh, Larry was uh, not doing well or not feeling well. So uh, probably didn't appreciate me bringing that comment back from May. But. Uh, you know, just being a journalist, Commissioner, we'll get him on later. I'll apologize when I talk to him later. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, we'll get to your phone calls. We'll settle on our poll question here. We'll keep an eye on what's going on with uh, Washington with the name change. Pat Forty will join us coming up next. It's uh, 20 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. These are turbulent times. Everybody knows that. And fraudsters love it because cybersecurity researchers are warning that cyber criminals are sending emails that include Black Lives Matter in the subject line in an effort to install malware on victims' computers. They're doing anything they possibly can to get into your computer. And, you know, it, they're installing the malware that's it's, uh, known as trick bots. <laughs> This is why you need LifeLock, okay? LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats like your social security, that number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has potentially been compromised, they'll send you an alert. And no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. LifeLock sees the threats you might miss on your own. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year. Promo code is Patrick. 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com. Make sure you use the promo code Patrick for 25% off. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, 
and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This program brought to you by Mercedes-AMG. Be prepared for whatever comes your way. It's the all-new GT four-door coupe. Because life is a race, visit your local dealership for a test drive today. If you miss any interviews from the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave, cave, go to uh, danpatrick.com where you can watch and listen from inside the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave, Mercedes-AMG driving performance. All right, McLovin, we got our poll question. Yeah, so we're going to, in the first hour, we're going to name the Redskins. And your choices are as follows. The Red Tails, the Generals, the Presidents, Lincolns, Veterans, or Capitals with an O. You can't do whips, right? Mm. That's a political term. The whip. Washington whips. It sounds like, you know, fast and... F- mm. No. But, but you know what's going to happen? This hasn't even been factored in. That Let's say you have a name and then people are going to go, what a lame nickname. It, it won't have any political repercussions or there won't be any, you know, political correctness with this. Yet You, know, you want something that's going to be bland and benign. Maybe... That, that's what they're hoping for. Like, we don't want to upset anybody. And I'm waiting. If they do Warriors, then what's Golden State do? If they go, oh, we had to pass on Warriors. We can't uh, have, we don't want to upset anybody. Yes, McLovin. You know, but there's so many lame names. Like, I was looking at the names, the Cardinals. Like, why? There's nothing tough about Cardinals. I know, or like, they're just random things. The Bills, you know, Reds, you're Reds. Who were the Bills named? They, they named after Buffalo Bill? I, I would imagine. I don't even know. And the Cleveland Browns were after Paul Brown. Yeah, Paul. Imagine if Paul Brown's last name were like uh, Lipschitz. Would he have gone? <laughs> would he go the Cleveland Lipschitzes? This is this this is. I I don't know. Or did he just get lucky they had a bland? I think bland he was name. lucky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pat Forty, Sports Illustrated senior writer. As we somehow make the smooth segue in here. Good morning, Pat. How are you? I'm good. I vote for Washington Monuments. Well, yeah, but we've been tearing down monuments, haven't we? And, you know, we have. Yeah, yeah. We have. I know. It would actually make for an ugly helmet, too, with just the Washington Monument <laughs> on the side. How was your week, by the way? Uh, insane, really. I, I didn't expect it, but that's kind of how this whole thing has gone. It's been, it was really busy trying to keep up with what the Big Ten was doing, the Pac 12 was doing, the Ivy League was doing. Uh, you know, things are happening, it's, uh, and, and it seems like the pace of the deconstruction of the season is accelerating. Did the Ivy League uh, wag, the, wag the dog here? Maybe. You know, it's a little different. They certainly did last March in basketball. Uh, football's a little different because football is such a bigger revenue generator uh, for the Power Five and really the all of FBS versus where uh, the Ivy League plays it. But uh, they set a tone of we're pulling back and I think you were, saw that some other conferences were quick to follow that. Obviously, the Big Ten, which a lot of other conferences were surprised and a little bit annoyed that they went that quickly and basically unilaterally that way. And then the Pac-12 goes to conference only. And I think the other Power Five conferences probably will eventually follow by the end of the month. All right, explain this to me, because you're a lot smarter about this than I am. Rutgers has out-of-conference games, two in New Jersey and one in Pennsylvania against Temple, but they're going to get rid of those and let them fly across country to Nebraska. So explain that to me here of the logic of the Big Ten. Well, there's the big logical hole in this. Now, what the Big Ten will say is the biggest reason they went to this uh, conference, the only thing is that they can control the whole schedule and basically space out nine or ten games across 13 weeks because they feel like there's, it's inevitable that there's going to be some weeks when you're going to have, you know, X number of positive cases of the virus and not be able to play. And if it's with a league opponent, they're like, hey, okay, we can just shift that around and make this work. Okay. Uh, and I think that they just feel like that's a, it's a lot more easy to maneuver across the course of a schedule uh, when you take some weeks out of it 
and add some open dates there. The other thing, too, Dan, is that at least all the Big Ten teams can say, we're testing the same way, we've got the same protocols, we're all going to decide on Thursday, hey, is your team well enough to go play on Saturday? You know, as opposed to when you're playing Monmouth or Temple, you can't necessarily say they're doing things the same way. Yeah, I didn't know if it was a another way of delaying the season. If we took out those non-conference games that you start the season with, that you can buy yourself a little bit of time. And I don't know if that's part of this as well, that maybe you start to leak into October more than playing games in September. Could be. Could be. And we'll find out because the Big Ten had, does have some early conference games scheduled. So we'll see. I think they're hoping to try to hammer out something of a schedule here by the end of this week. That may be too soon, but we may start hearing some word whether that is the plan, whether just to push everything back to October 1st. I think they'd probably rather go by mid-September at least. And like I said, use some of those weeks for cushion uh, in case they have uh, cancellations or postponements during the season. How optimistic are you right now that we have Power 5 conference football games? Not very. Not very. I mean, it's it's been nothing but dwindling confidence throughout July. You know, it's funny, the ebbs and flows of this thing, as we've talked about before, where, you know, late May, halfway into June, people are really bullish, and we're going to play, and we're going to have at least 50% filled capacity stands, maybe even 100%, and then a month later, now we're like, boy, I don't know that we're going to play. Uh, you know, there's more and more people looking at the spring, I think, as a possibility, although that has its own problems. I mean, we could lose so many of the top players then uh, who just simply say, I'm not going to play. But I, I'd say I feel less than 50% sure that we will play football in the fall. I go back to what Kirk Herbstreet said. I think that was in March. And remember, yep. everybody came out of the woodwork and attacked him, where he said, I'm paraphrasing, that we might not have college football. He doesn't see it happening. And here we are right now. And what Herbie said back in March, unfortunately, may come to fruition. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and this, I mean, really, you can kind of look at this whole thing has just been this state of denial. And I've been part of it for Americans, uh, probably in general, but American sports fans of like every time something's been taken off the table, like what? Really? There's no way. No, you know, the Ivy League, they're not going to play their basketball tournament. That's crazy. Well, sure. Then we're not going to play an NCAA tournament. And then we're not going to have any spring sports. And then the Olympics get postponed and the Masters and so on and so on and so on. And now, I mean, everybody was like, surely we'll still have football. And I think the people that looked at it, you know, the pretty sober eye back in the spring and said, we may not. We're, we're the ones that were, were ahead of the game. And I also wonder, we're talking to Pat Forty from Sports Illustrated. I'm wondering about these big name players in college football that are they going to play this season? Would, would we hold it against them? We, you know, we have players who sit out a bowl game, but if you're Trevor Lawrence or some of these other players, I, I just wonder the risk and the reward of playing a season. And yeah. do we have players who opt out of the season because they want to get ready for the 2021 draft? I think we have dozens of them, possibly even hundreds. Who knows? You know, I mean, but I think if you feel pretty secure that you are going to be a first or second round draft pick, you're probably out. Uh, other guys, you know, who are maybe third through fifth round picks, you're, you're like, okay, I want to try to improve my status still. So I, maybe I want to play. But I think there will be some of them too will say it's just not worth getting injured. Um, I think it's going to be a really, really difficult thing if it's a spring season for schools to be able to put you know, anything close to a full high-powered lineup on the field if you are at a Power 5 team with a bunch of pro prospects. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a major attrition. What's Notre Dame do? Well, that's a great question. I wrote about that way back in, um, gosh, was it April or May? I don't know. Uh, but I talked to Jack Swarbrick then, the athletic director, and he said he that the, the ACC uh, alliance basically would help them, and it has. They've got six games scheduled with ACC teams. They should play all of those. John, John Swafford, the commissioner, has said that. Uh, Navy absolutely wants to play them. That gets them to seven. Beyond that, we'll see. You know, I, I would imagine Western Michigan is still out there saying, yeah, man, we're scheduled in there. Please let us play. Let us go to Notre Dame Stadium and play that game for the money and the exposure. So maybe that gets you to eight. And after that, I don't know. If it's a spring season, you may not get more than eight, maybe eight or nine games. If uh, I made you the uh, head of the NCAA, Mark Emmert, and you actually had power, <laughs> yeah. what would you do? 
<laughs> That's the thing. You see, this is laid bare how little power they have over anything. Yeah. But first of all, what I would do, I would absolutely, there would be uh, uniform testing and uh, uh, eligibility procedures as far as whether where, when players could practice, when they could play, when teams could play. Uh, secondly, I would have every conference commissioner in Indianapolis – uh, I mean, if the SEC uh, ADs could meet in person today in Birmingham, you could have everybody in Indy and say, we need a completely uniform schedule here. We need, we don't need this conference saying that and this other conference doing something different. We've got to have some sort of unified uh, schedule here that actually is for the good of everyone as opposed to every conference being out for themselves. Well, we liken it to the uh, five mob families, the, the, the power five, and then there's no boss over those five mafia families. That, that's what you have here. It is. That's why all of a sudden, you know, Michael uh, Corleone can go settle all family business one day without consulting the rest of them. And, uh, it's mayhem. It really is. I mean, we'll see if they actually come to some uniform decision, but there is absolutely no uh, unifying power involved here. Great to talk to you again, Pat. Thank you. My pleasure, Dan. Thank you. That's Pat Forty. Covers uh, college sports for Sports Illustrated. They're a senior writer. Yeah, I, you just start to look at... I'm just being realistic. I know I'm supposed to be optimistic, and I try to be, but I have to be realistic when it comes to this. Of just trying to... We're trying to force things through and go back to all of the time stamps that we had with these commissioners. Well, we're going to be back here. We're going to be starting here. We're going to be doing... And you see that it's all fluid, and that's what's happening. And I still think the start of the college football in the NFL season are fluid. And I would not be surprised at all. I, here's my surprise, that they start on time. That's my surprise. And if they do, great. I just And I don't, I don't have confidence that even if we start, that we're going to finish. I just, looking at the numbers, looking at the timeline and trying to be able to pull this off. And the NBA is going to have issues during, the, during this pandemic, during this bubble tournament. Uh, can they get through that? You, you have players who are getting sick. Uh, how many players will it take before a team can't really field a team or the team that we expect? What if it's Milwaukee has, you know, the Greek freak that goes down? You don't get a true representation of how great that team is or something happens to the Lakers. Uh, uh, by the way, Rajon Rondo is out six to eight weeks with a thumb injury. So they've got Avery Bradley that they're without. Now you have Rajon Rondo. And to me, this is all about depth. Going into the bubble, healthy. Those who are healthiest and those who have the most depth are going to be playing for a championship. I mean, it's really that simple, you know, because L.A. doesn't have a home court advantage anymore. They got J.R. Smith. They, they, they lose two players who contribute quite a bit with Avery Bradley. And plus, I don't want them during the regular season, Rondo and Avery Bradley. But during the postseason, I really want them. And Rondo is a playoff guy. Uh, and Avery Bradley gives you that experience as well. I mean, that, those are two losses, big losses for the Lakers here. And, you know, we got a neutral playing field, court, and uh, I just think those who stay the healthiest, those who are the smartest, and those who have depth, you're going to be playing for a championship here. All right, we'll take a break. We'll get to your phone calls coming up, best and worst of the weekend. And, uh, by the way, LeBron did, you know, they, there was a press conference where LeBron said the NBA is doing everything they're supposed to. Here's a, a, a portion of that conversation. They took all precautionary reasons, measures to make sure that we as a, as a league, as as safe as we can be. Obviously, you know, in anything that you do, there can be things that could happen. But we will cross that line if it happens. But we're doing everything from a league, from every franchise, to make sure everyone stays safe during COVID, during this pandemic. But I believe in Adam Silver. He, get, he has given me no reason to never not believe him since he took over. And I believe in our franchise that we're doing everything that we can to stay safe. So I have no concerns unless concerns was, uh, you know, started to happen and we can we across that bridge if it happens. But I'm here um, 100% um, in great health and, and I'm looking forward to getting back on the floor. Uh, this is just a little side story, but this will give you an idea of 
there are going to be players who are probably not going to align themselves with the strict rules and guidelines because social media, I think, had somebody who was in the import-export business bringing in a girlfriend. <laughs> and all of a sudden, guys are trying to figure out, wait, who's, who's bringing in a friend? They call that the fast pass down at Disney Day. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Get you right through the line. Import-export business. <laughs> So you're going to have some guys who probably under quarantine. Who saw that coming? No, no one saw that one. Right. You have workers there who will leave the bubble, leave the property, and go home. And now you're going to have guys who are trying to get a hookup here and bring somebody in. Can you imagine trying to do that and making sure that nobody sees that? Yeah, Todd. Do you rat that player out and burst their bubble? Oh, I see what uh, you did with that, Todd. You see what you did with that? Well, you got to worry about your health. You can't be so worried about oh, the, know. You know, those other needs. No, I know. I know. Uh, we'll take a break. we got our play of the day coming up next year on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I didn't do much on my vacation, in case you were wondering. Here's the big thing I did on my vacation. Get ready for this. I already told you guys. In fact, I told you, and you probably don't realize that that was the big event that I had over my vacation. Oh, you didn't travel. You didn't do pro- home projects. I didn't go anywhere. You could give me a million dollars right now if I got this right. I wouldn't be able to guess it. Okay. I, I have no idea what you're referring to. Okay. I didn't go anywhere <laughs> because I want to stay safe. I didn't do anything. And I played nine holes of golf with my wife. Now, that wasn't the big event. The big event was we ordered pizza from so no 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 hold on it gets better wild man yeah this is crazy we ordered now new haven pizza is the best pizza that you'll find in america and uh, peppies and sally's they have modern pizza there's bar and so we decided that we were going to order all of the pizzas from each place and then we were going to have a taste testing competition it was a pizza slam down, is what we called it. Slam down. Yeah. And we got all of the pizzas. And then we had one person who put everybody got a slice of each of these pies. And then we rated them. And then we decided who had the best pizza. That was my big event on my vacation. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Eden. Uh, do you want to give away the winner or? Uh, I think I, 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 I think I gave you the winner, didn't I, Pauly? I th- yeah. Before we get to the winner, okay. how was it? What there was categories like yes. uh, best overall pie, best uh, crust, oh, like presentation. Mm. How did you hide the um, pizza boxes from people, and how not to give out the? They were in the kitchen, and everybody else went into the dining room. And then we had somebody who took out the slices and then put them. Everybody had their individual tray. Did the people at the pizza places know what was going on? You're a pretty well-known no. guy. You roll in a new. Oh, hand. I didn't. I didn't. Do, no, I didn't go anywhere. You had a proxy. Yeah, it's not my daughter. That's why I have kids so they can go do things for me. General appearance, <laughs> appearance of the pizza. Yeah. Crust. Yeah. Quality of toppings and overall taste, which yeah. is the most important, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, see. There's already a lot of scuttlebutt about you claiming that. New Haven pizza is the best in the country. It that, is. that immediately set off no, it, a firestorm. No. I will give New York pizza, and maybe I, I separate New York pizza because they have more. They have more bad pizza. New Haven just has great pizza, but there are some great pizza in, in Brooklyn and, and in uh, Manhattan. But if I look at what New Haven offers, nobody comes close to what New Haven offers for pizza per capita. Per pie, yes, McLovin. Who says like, oh, this place has the best cheesesteaks per capita? I mean, obviously the best cheesesteaks are in Philadelphia, <laughs> okay. but if you go to this small town in New Jersey, per capita, you can't throw it per capita. Okay, New Haven has the best pizza. You know Amer- that's not true. In America. You know that's not true. That is crazy talk. In America. Yeah. It's not that crazy of a statement. It's when really you, not. When, you, when we talk about pizza, have you guys been to New Haven to eat the pizza? I have. I've been to Frank Pepe's in New Haven many times. Okay. I've had that too. It's amazing. Did you have Sally's? No. I haven't had Sally's. You got to have Modern. Modern is. Modern's great too. I I think your point about, like, you can go to Brooklyn. If you walk into any pizza place in Brooklyn. You can get a slice. It's a 50-50 shot, whether it's really good pizza or bland pizza that's been sitting out there all day. In New Haven, you're probably going into a high-end pizza place if you go into one. Right, but the top four or five pizza places in the world are like... Like they're either in Italy or Brooklyn or New Haven. Trust me. I mean, like, no, if you come from everywhere to go to Brooklyn pizza, people come into New Haven just to eat the pizza. Still like Grimaldi's is world. Grimaldi's is great. It is. Uh, Bleecker Street pizza is great. Like there's John's there's there's all these Keste or Keste is another one. Like there's so many great pizza places. I, I just think New Haven's got the best pizza in America. That's all. My opinion. It, it was my holiday. It's my story, okay? And by the way, I never go to any of these places in Brooklyn. I'm only going on <laughs> random <laughs> articles I've read. Yeah. Yes, Paul. 
It is funny that McLovin's lived in Brooklyn now for you know quite a long time, but Fritzy hasn't lived in Brooklyn in about thirty years. But he's defensive about it, and I'm his favorite is like <laughs> Fritzy likes chain pizza. Yeah, you like Sparrow. I know, but but the Brooklyn something about Brooklyn pizza. I should be biased because no, no, I was no. born and raised there. The Brighton Beach Sparrow is the best. Yeah. I think you could go to the worst pizza place in Brooklyn, and it's still superior to so many parts of okay, the country. I'm not going to say New Haven. Look at the list, and, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm you know. Factually incorrect here, but look at the best pizza in America in the rankings and tell me where New Haven ranks. Sally's, Pepe's, Modern. Yes. You yeah, you'll probably get, if you look at a top 10, you'll probably get more in New York than in New Haven. Yep. But the New Haven will be there two or three times. I'm going to guess. Yeah, I'm going to guess three of the top 10 are probably New Haven pizza. And New York has 15 million people. New Haven has a couple hundred thousand. Yeah. Yes, Todd. That's why you got to put the per capita thing in there just to <laughs> clarify the numbers a little bit. So it's not skewed. So that York's was favorite. my big story, okay? I didn't mean to Huge. cause a controversy, but that's my big story from my vacation. A lot of carbs, by the way. I know. Oh, that. I know. <laughs> I'm, I started wearing darker colors because they're oh, no. slimming. Because I walked in today and Paulie goes, ah, oh, looking slim. I thought you looked good today. I'm wearing dark colors. USA Today, top 15 pizza places. Number one, Frank Pepe's. Uh, da, 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 da. Number two, DeFerra, Brooklyn. Play of the Day, by the way, brought to you by LegalZoom. Need to make it legal? Make it LegalZoom.com. Visit LegalZoom.com today for more information on all your legal needs. Take a break. More on uh, Washington Redskins name change. Coming up, Dan Patrick Show. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.